Hi, this is Kale Clark with The Faith Explained. We'll return to our series on Romans very soon, but for now, enjoy this classic episode of The Faith Explained Show. Hi, this is Kale Clark. Welcome to The Faith Explained on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio mobile app. I'm so glad that you're with me today for this journey of exploring, understanding, explaining, and defending our Catholic faith. We've been kind of going through some of the lessons set forth in Father Jacques Philippe's book, In the School of the Holy Spirit, which I definitely recommend you get a hold of. It's, it's a wonderful book. And we talked about at the end of the last episode, kind of a virtuous circle that can take place. You've heard of a vicious circle. Well, a virtuous circle is a good thing. And whenever we are responsive to these inspirations of the Holy Spirit, which we kind of need to be in order to fulfill God's particular individual will for us, his general will, the commandments, teachings of the church, what scripture says, that's all laid out fairly clearly. But in terms of particular choices that we have to make in our individual lives, it's not always clear, but God has not abandoned us. He's given us the Holy Spirit and lots of other help as well. Talking about friends, talking about events, spiritual directors, so many things. We'll get into those as well. But Father Jacques Philippe says that every time that we're faithful to one of these inspirations by the Holy Spirit, we get rewarded with more, more graces, more inspirations, more frequent inspirations, stronger inspirations, and and that can help us more and more. So sign me up for that. Let's try to be as faithful as we can so that we can profit from it. St. Francis de Sales, one of the great saints of all time, said this, quote, When we profit from an inspiration that our Lord sends, he then sends another, and thus our Lord continues his graces as long as we continue to profit from them. That's such a great quote. And then he talks about St. Therese of Lisieux, who said this, quote, The practice of virtue became sweet and natural to me. To begin with, my struggle often showed in my face, but little by little, this disappeared and renunciation became easy to me, even at the first moment. Jesus said this, to everyone who has, will more be given and he will have an abundance. For one grace that I received faithfully, he granted me a host of others. End of quote. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. The more we are responsive to God's leading us by the Holy Spirit and God's inspirations and directions, he will send us more and it'll be progressively easier for us to obey them. Uh, There was a movie that was made about the life of St. Therese of Lisieux by uh, Leonardo de Filippis. And I always thought it was a very, very touching film if you can get a hold of it. And there's a scene uh, in the film, which really comes from the life of St. Therese. There is a particular nun in her convent that, naturally speaking, she didn't get get along very well with. And this nun was a little bit older than her, maybe a lot older than her, and she was uh, pretty crotchety in in certain ways and was not very kind to Therese. And in the film, uh, Therese kind of has to overcome this animosity, if you will. And she, she does it by, by being kind, by, by choosing to smile, even though she may not have wanted to smile at this woman. And there's a scene in the film when they're working out in the garden and, and the older nun says to Therese, why are you being so nice to me? <laughs> why are you smiling at me? I, I don't get it. I, I've basically been treating you like crud is what she's 
essentially trying to communicate. And Therese says, you know, I'm just happy to see you. I'm just happy to see you because, and it's really because of love. She she had learned to love this person with the love that God had for, for this other nun. And so I always thought that was a great example of exactly what's being talked about here. And so this is the deep life. This is really the deep life. St. Francis de Sales, who I quoted just a moment ago, wrote a book called The Introduction to the Devout Life. And it's excellent spiritual reading if you can get a hold of it. In fact, it's in the public domain now. It's, it's not even copyrighted anymore. So you can even find totally free versions of it online. And there's a great uh, business writer out there called Cal Newport, and he, he writes about deep work and living the deep life. And we, we've got to do that as well. We have to do more than live the deep life. We have to live the devout life. And you have to be devout to be truly deep because you need that spiritual dimension. And, and that's, what, that's what really being in touch with the spirit is all about. Father Jacques Philippe says that the more and more that we do this, the more docile we are, to the movements of the Holy Spirit and the little inspirations that he gives us, our hearts enlarge. Uh, grace is outpoured and that enlarges our hearts. We, we can almost take in more grace. And I remember a priest friend of mine used to, used to do this all the time in homilies. He would hold up an empty Coca-Cola bottle. Uh, maybe it would be one of those family-sized ones that would hold about two liters. And he said, look, this, this Coca-Cola bottle, when it's in the plant, when it's being filled with that good stuff, it, it can only hold so much because it, it can only hold two liters. Anything else is going to be wasted. It's going to be spilled. It's not going to be good for anything. And the same is true with our hearts. Our hearts have this capacity for God's grace. And the more responsive we are to the Holy Spirit, our hearts will enlarge so we can receive more and more graces from God. And that is is, is an incredible experience. And Sign me up for that. I, I just love this. And uh, here's another thing, too, that uh, Father Philippe says. People, uh, very often, one of the names of the Holy Spirit is the Comforter. And I used to tease people who uh, uh, slept in and didn't go to Mass. Maybe some of my friends in school, they would they would choose what I call the Church of the Holy Comforter. <laughs> H-O-L-E-Y. They just pull the blankets up over their heads and, and, and sleep in. But that's not the Holy Comforter we need. We need the Holy Comforter who is the Holy Spirit. And we get these consolations as well from him when we're obedient to him. We get peace. We get light for the journey. We get the strength to do what God wants. And it's it's amazing that Jacques Philippe says this happens even when it's something relatively unimportant. It doesn't have to be a big ticket life item like, you know, who am I going to marry or... Uh, entering into religious life or something like that. It can, it can be something very minor. If the Spirit touches you and you're obedient to it, it gives you a lot of consolation. It gives you a lot of comfort from the Holy Comforter. And here's another thing, too. He says that just a little bit of the movement of the Holy Spirit in our life, just a touch, can fill us with more contentment than all the riches of the earth. That, that's a pretty big statement. And people go in search of these things. People go in search of consolations from all sorts of things. Money, power, pleasure, you name it. But even having all that the universe could possibly offer you pales in comparison with the joy that you get from one faithful response to the Holy Spirit. Even, even over a minor item. Richard of St. Victor said this, quote, I boldly affirm that one 
single drop of these divine consolations can do what all the pleasures of the world cannot. The pleasures of this world cannot satisfy the heart. And one single drop of the inner sweetness that the Holy Spirit pours into the soul delights it utterly and causes it a holy inebriation, end of quote. So that, that's really interesting that, that the Spirit kind of inebriates us, not, not in, a, in a manner in which we are drunk. I mean, drunkenness is a sin, of course, uh, when it's caused by alcohol. But don't forget what happened at Pentecost, the gift of the Spirit, the joy that was there. And St. Peter said, hey, these people are not drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. This is the Holy Spirit. And, and this is the kind of joy and delight uh, that he can give us. And St. Augustine said that our hearts are restless until they rest in you. This is part of the thing that nothing in this world can satisfy except God. We're made for eternity. He knew it. He tried almost everything. Only God satisfied him. And the same is true for us as well. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. That's what it says in Psalm 23. And that's what we get when the spirit touches our lives. Another thing that Jacques Philippe mentions is that what really satisfies us is not so much the gift of the Holy Spirit that we receive, although that's pretty amazing, but when the Holy Spirit inspires us to do good and to give of ourselves as God gives, God is constantly giving, there is more happiness when we give a gift as opposed to receiving a gift. And that's what Jesus said. St. Paul mentions this in his letters. It's not in the gospel, but... Uh, Paul says, you know the teaching of our Lord Jesus that is more blessed to give than to receive. And this is what we see when we think about, for example, the visitation. Our Lady, who had such an incredible relationship with the Holy Spirit, she goes to visit her relative Elizabeth, uh, who is pregnant, and of course Mary's pregnant with our Lord as well. Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. And she's there to give. She's there to serve. She's not thinking about her own issues. She's not thinking about her own problems. She's just there to serve. And what an example that is to you and to me. So now we can sort of start to see why St. Faustina, who we quoted earlier at the beginning of this series, she said that really this shortcut to holiness, the shortcut to sanctity, to being a saint, are these inspirations to the Holy Spirit. As long as we're faithful to them, we can advance farther and faster uh, than we ever dreamed. It's like a movator like they have in the airport. It can just make us walk really, really quickly towards God. And this is what we have to do. And how can we make this happen a little bit more often? How can we foster these inspirations in our lives? Well, again, Father Jacques Philippe gives us a few different ways that we can do this. Things that we can do to make ourselves well disposed to God so that we can be touched by the Spirit a little bit more easily. You're listening to The Faith Explained on Relevant Radio. I'm your host, Cale Clark. Well, here's what he says. He basically says this, that, quote, It cannot be doubted that God will grant each person at least the inspirations he needs for his own sanctification, end of quote. And we all know that God uh, has different pathways for, for each of us. And some of us are... They get, we, we get inspirations from God that others don't get, and, and, and vice versa. But, but Father Jacques Philippe says, you're definitely going to get from God what you need for your own life so that you can become a saint. You're not going to stand before the pearly gates. You're not going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ and say, 
you didn't give me the equipment that I needed to be a saint. No one is going to say that. Jesus is going to say, look, I gave you everything that you possibly could have wanted or needed. But it's about this partnership. Did you use your free will to partner with me to say, yes, you know, I'm going to make use of these means. I'm going to make use of these things. Again, back to St. Francis de Sales from his Treatise on the Love of God. Here's what he says. Quote, those who keep their hearts open to holy inspirations are happy, for they will never lack those that they need in order to live in their state well and devoutly, and to exercise the duties of their profession in a holy way. For as God gives, by way of nature, to each animal the instincts that are required for its conservation and for the exercise of its natural properties, so too, if we do not resist God's grace, he gives each of us, the inspirations we need in order to live, in order to act, and in order to maintain ourselves in the spiritual life. End of quote. Another great analogy from St. Francis de Sales. And when you read his writings, you see what how, how great of a preacher he must have been because he's just so good with illustrations and analogies. And the analogy of an animal, God gives an animal instincts, which it, it needs in order to fend off predators, to be aware of its surroundings, to propagate the species, to, uh, to look for food and, and find it. All of that is necessary. And in the same way, we can reason out from that and say, hey, if God is doing this for the animals so that they can attain their end, the same will be true for us. We've got a reason that he's going to give us the things that we need to get to where he wants us to go, to become a saint amongst our relationships, our friends, our family members, um, in the middle of the world, in the workplace, he's going to give it to us. And so we've got to have confidence in God. And so this really should be a default position in the spiritual life. St. Paul says, all who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. He says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Well, hopefully we are all led by the spirit of God. This shouldn't be as Father Philippe says this shouldn't be an extraordinary circumstance just for some people, a sort of a, a certain class of Christian. No, only these guys get a full dose of the Holy Spirit. No, it, it's the normal functioning, he says, of the spiritual life. And of course, we receive the Holy Spirit in baptism. And so we've got really all we need. We've got these gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the reason why we have these gifts, and we'll talk about the gifts of the Spirit later in the series, but the reason why we have them is so that we can follow these inspirations that God gives. It gives us the equipment to actually do it. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas said, said this as well. He said, quote, The gifts of the Holy Spirit render all the faculties of the soul capable of submitting to the motions of God. So it's only by God's help and what he gives us through, through baptism, through the infusion of the Holy Spirit, it's only through these gifts that we can fully be responsive to the Spirit. So that's important uh, for us to know. So we've got what we need. Are we partnering with God? Are we living up to what he's asked of us and what he's enabled us to do? In Luke chapter 12, verse 48, Jesus says this, From everyone to whom much is given, much will be required. And my wife always says that's the scariest verse in the whole Bible because she feel, feels like, I, I've been given so much, I've been given... Uh, great education in the faith, great formation. I, I know what to do. 
Am I doing it? Am I living up to, and, and equipment as well of the spirit to actually live it out. Uh, that's really important. And so we, we've, been, we've been gifted with a lot and faithfulness is required. And we need these things. We need them to, to get to our goal. So here's some practical tips that Father Philippe gives. Well, we won't be able to do all of them, but we can at least get started here and we'll continue on the next episode. But things that we can do to set ourselves up for success in being uh, open to and really uh, in a good place to receive these inspirations from the Spirit. Number one, he says, practice praise and thanksgiving. This is really, really important in our prayer life to, to adore God, is really to thank God uh, for his goodness in, in, in the creation and also in our individual lives. And if we thank him for what we've received, the graces that he's given us, he's going to give us more. And again, this seems to be a law of the spiritual life. Again, St. Therese of Lisieux said this in a letter that she wrote to her, sis to her sister Celine. She said, quote, What draws down graces from our dear Lord the most is gratitude. For if we thank him for a gift, he is touched, and he hastens to give us ten more. And if we thank him again with the same sincerity, what an incalculable multiplication of graces. I have experienced this. Try it, and you will see. My gratitude for all that he gives me is boundless, and I prove this to him in a thousand ways. End of quote. That's an incredible quote from St. Therese of Lisieux. She says that if we thank God for a gift, it's, it's like he can't resist it, and he, and he wants to give us even more. Oh, you like that one? Well, here's 10 more, she says. You're going to get 10 more for every time that you're thankful. Ah, that's, that's, that's a pretty good ratio, I think. If we thank him again with even the same sincerity, we're going to get even more. It's going to be to a power of 10, maybe. And so this multiplication of graces, really, what's the key? It's being thankful. It's praising God for the gifts that he has given. And again, it's it's not so that we can get more. It's not, it's not trying to use God, if you will, in any way to get more graces, but it's about focusing it, the praise on where it should go to God and forgetting about ourselves, understanding that it all comes from him. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. That's Psalm 103. And so these benefits are these graces that he's given to us, and we need to thank him for these things. So we've got a number one, practice praise and thanksgiving to draw down more of these uh, touches from the Spirit. Number two, we have to ask for them. We've got to earnestly desire and ask for them. As Jesus says in the gospel, ask and it will be given to you. So we need to ask God for light in all the decisions that we make, for his inspiration, and that we're, we, we never shove it to the side, that we're always faithful to those inspirations. And if there are big choices that we have to make, and Philippe talks about this, crucial life decisions, we might need a little bit more light. So he suggests going on a retreat maybe for a few days and using that time to really pray more intensely, I need the light of the Spirit. And Father Philippe says it would be really strange if God didn't give you that inspiration that you needed. After after this focused time of prayer, he knows your need. He knows what you need. And we've asked and we pray. He, he's going to give you the light that you need to take at least the next step. So that's pretty important. Well, there are a few more things that we can do in order to foster these inspirations of the Spirit in our lives. And we'll talk about those 
in the next episode of this series, The Holy Spirit, A Beginner's Guide. But right now, we're going to dip into the Faith Explained Mailbag. Let's go. Okay, as we dip into our Q&A mailbag, I want to finish off uh, answering a question that was posed to me by Edward McDonough, listening in Los Angeles. He asked me about sacraments and scripture, and we've been kind of going through them. Uh, But we need to do the last two that we haven't done yet. And so again, sacrament as defined by the Baltimore Catechism, an outward or visible sign instituted by Christ, which imparts grace. And so for us, God's grace is his very life. So let's look now at the sacrament of holy orders. And what happens here essentially is that through the laying on of hands by a bishop, and this bishop must be a validly ordained bishop in the line of apostolic succession. The laying on of hands and also spoken words that are said at the time, this is the form, and of course the matter is a baptized male. This is what happens. Men are ordained into the ministry, the apostolic ministry. Let's look at the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1. And again, these are not necessarily exhaustive. These aren't necessarily all the places where you can think about ordination in the scriptures, but I'll just give you uh, two or three verses here. Let's look at Acts chapter 1, verses 15 to 20, actually. Let's look at this. But I'm just going to give you a, a key verse here. In those days, Peter stood up among the brethren. The company of persons was in all about 120 and said, Brethren, the scripture had to be fulfilled concerning Judas, for he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his habitation become desolate, and let there be no one to live in it, and let his office another take. Now that's interesting. So the idea of the office is really important. The episcopal office, the episcopos. Of course, the bishops are the successors of the apostles. We often talk about the Episcopal office. Now, it's also interesting that Luke, of course, uh, Dr. Luke wrote kind of a two-volume set, the Gospel of Luke and also the Acts of the Apostles. That's part two. They're both addressed to the same guy, Theophilus. His name means lover of God. But how do they pick? How do they pick who is going to step into Judas's place, into his shoes? Who's going to replace him? They actually draw straws, if you will. They cast lots. Now, you might say, why would they use a game of chance to do this? Well, part of it is the idea that God is the one doing the choosing. And there are a couple of holy guys to choose from. And, of course, the lot falls to Matthias. But what's also interesting, if you link it with Luke's gospel, what happens at the beginning of Luke's gospel? This is the beginning of the Acts of the Apostles. What happens at the beginning of his gospel? It starts off with Zechariah. The father of John the Baptist, who not the father yet, but he, he's going to find out. And he is actually serving on duty as a priest by lot. This is how they picked. Okay, who's going to be the priest uh, at this time? All right, let's draw straws here and let's figure it out. So what, what is Luke saying by this? He's also saying that the apostles are priests, priests of the new covenant. So when people try to say, oh, Jesus never meant for there to be a priesthood of the new covenant, it's not true. It's not true. This is one of the clues behind all of that. All right. Let's look now at another verse on ordination. This is 1 Timothy, St. Paul's first letter to Timothy, chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. 
He writes, Until I come, attend to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given to you by prophetic utterance, when the elders laid their hands upon you. So there's, there's another verse right there. The, the laying of hands, which happens in an ordination. You see it there. And some of the things that the leaders of the church did, public reading of scripture, preaching, teaching. It's part of the ministry of the word of God. All right, now let's look at another one, one more here. This is in Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, of course, is, is kicking off the letter by saying this, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons. So it's really interesting. So he mentions bishops and deacons, and of course the priesthood is mentioned many, many times in the New Covenant. The presbyteros, and you might have heard of the Presbyterian uh, movement in Protestantism, of course, that comes from this Greek word presbyter, which essentially means priest. Now, the Presbyterians certainly don't see their ministers as priests, but uh, the word priest is basically an English translation of the word presbyter, Greek word in the New Testament. So we have priests, bishops, and deacons, all three uh, degrees of holy orders right there in the New Testament. Again, it's a little bit like a lamp where you turn the notch up three times. Uh, deacon has some powers of Christ that are shared with him, Christ the servant. And then there's the priest who has more powers. And then the fullness of holy orders, turning up all the way, if you will, is the bishop. And again, this is power for service. This is not to lord it over people, clearly. All right, so the last one, the last sacrament that we can look at, the seventh sacrament, is the anointing of the sick. The anointing of the sick. And what's used here? Oil is used here. And it can be also, I mean, it can be prescribed for spiritual healing, but but also for physical healings and ailments. And it's not always administered just before death, extreme unction, as it's known. It can also be done at other times, uh, other types of illnesses or, or physical ailments that are involved. For example, you're about to go into surgery or something like that. It may not be a life-threatening situation, but you might ask for this. And all right, well, here's a, here's a scripture for you. This is James chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Again, these are the priests. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick man, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Okay, so a couple of things there, anointing with oil, and if he has committed sins, he'll be forgiven. What's interesting is that if you've received the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, there's a bit of a rite of confession in there as well for forgiveness of sins. So uh, it does have that element as well. And so there you have it. These are the seven sacraments. If you, if you missed any of them, we did look at them in prior Q&A segments. We went through all the seven sacraments in Scripture. Again, not exhaustive. Not all the scriptures that talk about the sacraments, but uh, more than enough evidence to show that they do have a scriptural basis. Thanks for joining me today on The Faith Explained. I'm your host, Kale Clark. If you missed an episode, you can always catch them in podcast form on the relevant radio app. I'll join you in the next one, and I'll be with you later today at 5 p.m. Central, right here on Relevant Radio for The Kale Clark Show. Until next time, God bless you.
You know, the word is spreading around America. This is the go-to place if you've got a prayer and you want the whole country praying for it. So I invite people to join us every night for the Family Rosary Across America Live. 7 p.m. Central. Bringing Christ to the world through the media. Relevant Radio.